This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So the polls are really tightening between Trump and Biden amongst Generation Z. Why do you guys think that is? I think that people, they just go to the grocery store and they see the prices on the shelves. I mean, I went to the grocery store, walked out with two bags of groceries, it was $80. So people are just seeing that their pay isn't, isn't keeping up to inflation. So I think that they're getting pretty fed up with the, with the Biden administration. War Room is on the ground at America Fest 2023. My name is Jane Zirkel and let's talk to some of the War Room posse. Can you please tell me your name and where you're from? Oh yeah, I'm Evan Trevino. I'm from Fresno, California. I'm currently going to Fresno City, but soon to be Fresno State. My name is Faith Evans and I'm from Moorhead State University in Eastern Kentucky. My name is Dion Hendricks and I'm from Ripon, California. Um, I'm Dave and I'm from Minnesota. I'm Charlie and I'm also from Minnesota. I'm Janelle and I'm from Santa Barbara, California. I'm Jacqueline and I'm also from Santa Barbara, California. What brings you out to America Fest today? Uh, it's the biggest conservative conference in the movement. It's a lot of fun to be here, highly recommend it. And I mean, this is where a lot of hope is because if you're on a college campus and it's very liberal, you walk into here and there's like 15,000 conservatives your age and you're like, oh, there's hope for the future. And it's a great feeling. I highly recommend. Uh, we've been to all the America Fest. We're just diehard patriots. We love it. The we love everything Charlie Kirk has to offer. We love Turning Point. We just love the event. Yeah, we've been to a lot of Turning Point events together, met a lot of cool people, a lot of fun experiences. So yeah, we're happy to be here. We just love the environment and speakers and being with like-minded people and getting to hear about all the amazing things that are going on in our country and how we can improve and be better and grow both um, in our mindset and spiritually. Um, well, our grandpa was persecuted in the Soviet Union, and so we definitely know what it's like to have our beliefs and morals under attack and so it's really cool to come here and hear uh, what's going on in America and how we can as the next generation step up and kind of like find a solution to that so yeah. A lot of young people in Generation Z have a somewhat positive view of communism or socialism. What do you have to say about that? Do you see a lot of that in your generation or do you think they are slowly overcoming that? I do. I see a lot of it in our generation. A lot of our generation doesn't really know about what is happening in our country and in other countries around the world. Some people that I do know and like more people are coming, becoming aware of what's happening. But overall, it's really sad to see how our generation doesn't realize like the negative effects of communism and socialism and how that's being brought into America. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that right now communism socialism is very in. Um, it's the easy way out. I feel like our generation is very much um, find the easy way, not very hardworking. So um, there are definitely people like who are here who are standing up and starting to see the truth and see what it really is. And so I think that gives us a hope for the future. Way of being around with so many people with similar beliefs and know that we're not a lot of kind of alone in like the sea of blue especially since we're going to college so just the idea of that like we're not the lone person around it'll just be like good to be around like the great conservative atmosphere and see speakers like rob schneider brandon tatum um charlie kirk hopefully and all, all those great speakers do you feel like more and more young people are starting to wake up and become more conservative oh 100 percent. i definitely believe gen z is way more conservative than people believe um, I think it just takes a lot of people to care because once you show that you can care about something and your actions prove that you care about something, other people will join in. It takes a lot of showing instead of just telling um, on your campus. I see it as more of like when my age, like when we're starting to have to pay our own bills and be able to like have to be more of an adult instead of just being caretake for our parents. We learn that we can't just say, I want, I want, I want. We actually have to stand up for ourselves and take care of ourselves, and we're not going to be able to do that under Biden's administration. Well, I hope so. That's the that's the goal of this organization. I hope that's the goal. Is is the hope that I want to wake up the young people before they vote, and then they, when they vote, they invite the, the vote the correct way. 
and wake them up to all the social issues we're having in today's world. So the polls are really tightening between Trump and Biden amongst Generation Z. Why do you think that is? I think because there's such a strong push and pull between uh, the kids waking up and the media. There's a lot of kids that won't wake up to the media and there's a lot of kids that do. I think there's a big strong push and pull between that. Yeah, I think he's making up a lot of ground just because mainly the economy, you know, that's the biggest issue for young people despite what all the liberals say. But. What brings you guys out to America Fest today? Uh, we'd like to, we love our country, right? So we want to gather with like-minded people and hopefully we can discuss solutions to our problems. And we'd like to see Trump win in <laughs> yeah, 2024. Like win. Why are you supporting Trump in 2024? He was the greatest president we've ever had and he will do great things for our country. Yes, ma'am. How about you? Same thing. He's the best president we have ever had. I didn't really think he would be until I didn't vote for him in 2016. But after I seen what he did, I voted for him in 2020. And it was a real shame how it was stolen from him. So we're hoping that we can fix that. This time. What changed your mind about him in 2020? Just the way he handled everything. I think that the way he went after the establishment would be the second biggest thing to try to bring down this bureaucracy in government, this corruption in government that we have, the way he dealt with our foreign uh, policy. I mean, it was amazing the way he dealt. He was he was bringing peace. I'm, I'm anti-war. I don't I don't think that we should be at war with anybody. We need to take care of the problems in this country. And he was he was I mean, he was everything that I could ask for. So he needs four more years. Let's get him out there four more years so he can straighten this country out for us. What brings you guys out today? Uh, just trying to get to a place where people are free and people can agree with the like-minded things. Warm weather, awesome people, amazing environment, and just an electrifying area to be with, a lot of young conservatives. I love America and it's like super fun to be around other people that have the same values and yeah. Talk to me about Generation Z. Do you think there's a conservative awakening going on right now? Um, I definitely think so. Um, within the past few years, um, with Joe Biden in office, it's, it hasn't gone great, and I think the young people are starting to wake up. What is the biggest issue for you right now? Um, the open borders and the economy. And now tell me about your hat. Why are you supporting President Trump in 2024? I think um, it's a proven concept, um, and I think he's going to win in 2024. I'm Laura Becker. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a detransitioner who's going to be in the upcoming film for Turning Point Identity Crisis. So I'm speaking this Tuesday uh, on a panel about detransition awareness. So when I was 19, I was prescribed uh, testosterone. At 20, I had a double mastectomy to have my breasts removed. And at 22, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And I realized that the transition was all due to trauma. And then I detransitioned. And for the last couple of years, I've been healing myself and then speaking out, trying to just you know, bring the lid off of this, you know, insanity. Do you think there's an agenda being actively pushed on young people to transition? I mean, there's lots of agendas. I mean, there's like the pharmaceutical agenda, there's the postmodernist agenda from the academics trickling down into the K through 12 education, eradication of the family unit. Uh, it's an existential crisis that young people are going through in Gen Z, like myself, I'm now almost 27. But when I was a bit younger, you know, I was the ripe age for the vulnerability to, to find a sense of meaning, you know, in the absence of like organized community, interpersonal real life relationships, religious communities, etc. What brings you out to America Fest today? Mostly being proud to be an American, but honestly, it's because I wanted to see the fruits of all the labor we've been doing through Turning Point USA. I'm a chapter leader for Fresno City. How do other young people get involved with Turning Point? Well, the easiest way, if people aren't coming out to your school yet, go online. The website, you can have an interest list, fill out your information, and someone will reach out to you, and maybe we get a chapter started at your school. If they're already at your school, please reach out to those people. They're good people. We host a bunch of cool events. We've done things like axe throwing. We've done debate watch parties. We do a lot of cool stuff. What are some of the ways that young people can get involved in political activism? Turning Point USA. Uh, start a Turning Point USA chapter. If you don't have one, reach out. You can get in contact with your field rep. Highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. It's values-based, so we're nonpartisan. What are some of the ways young people can get involved and engaged in political activism? Starting a Turning Point chapter, that's what I did right now. I'm actually going to college. I started my own Turning Point chapter at my college. So just starting a chapter, trying to get involved with Turning Point. And first off, it is a main organization how to get start off your political career at Turning Point USA. It's just an amazing organization for young people. Welcome to hour two of the War Room. Tonight is Ladies Night. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Maureen Bannon and Grace Chong, and we are freshly 
off of America Fest 2023. It was a fantastic event, and we have a packed show for you today, so I want to go right ahead and bring in our first guest, Tyler Boyer of Turning Point Action. What's up, ladies? Hi, How are we doing? Hi, Tyler. Awesome. Thank you so much We're for still recovering. <laughs> yeah, we all so I are, wanted to right? Start off, give us your assessment on Turning Point. How was the event this past weekend? And give us your action plan going forward. Oh, my goodness. You guys saw it. It was really inspiring to have almost 15,000 people in the house uh, for what's the largest conservative event in America now, which is, 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 again, so much thanks to War Room. I know just the combination of the one-two punch between War Room and Charlie's show has just been so great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you you just guys just went through it. All the young people who are rising up, this is part of the reason why we're seeing such a flip with young people under the age of 30 supporting Trump over Biden in every poll that's coming out, a new one just came out yesterday. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So, yeah, we feel like we have a lot of work still yet to be done. Uh, Turning Point Action is kind of leading at the forefront here of, of with America Fest really just being the kickoff for that for this next year. And uh, really excited about what's to come and, 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 of course, working with you guys on it. And I don't, so I don't know if we into what's coming up here in Vegas and then what, what we're doing this summer in Detroit, but happy to talk about that. Yeah, so Tyler, I know not only are you Turning Point Action COO, but you're also an RNC National Committeeman. And we know that, you know, Rana Romney McDaniel is doing something in Vegas shortly in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to elaborate on what Turning Point is planning on doing to counter that. And like you said, also you started Turning Point Action for the first time this past summer had a conference act con and i know we briefly discussed this uh this weekend about how successful that was last summer and the way turning point action wants to move forward with that so yeah if you could briefly talk on both of those events coming up for turning point action yeah so a lot of people have been really focused on the rnc and i appreciate you bringing that up because uh another report just came out yesterday that the rnc has less money than it's ever had in the bank account, at least for a number of years. And so we, uh, as as a member of the RNC, which means I represent my state to the RNC, it's like being a delegate from the state to the RNC and Arizona being the most important state for many reasons this next election cycle, I'm deeply concerned. And, but I'm also not, not super surprised because if you've been, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've been to RNC meetings, um, as I've attended for the last, you know, going on almost four years, not a whole lot gets done there. <clears throat> so we we have been in the midst of of watching this sharp decline as the RNC has no longer been able to just fundraise off the back of Donald Trump. And, you know, lots of people have been asking questions. Well, what's next? What do we do? How are we, what, what what's going to happen? Are, are there focuses? Are there priorities that we have? And, and none of that's being discussed. And, and more more uh, concerning is that, you know, as we sit in those meetings, there's all these outside groups um, on our side who are doing so much for the movement. And yet we're not hearing any of those voices and those voices aren't making their way through. So uh, coming up this next month, uh, the RNC is ho hosting their their annual winter meeting this this year. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, that's going to occur on the 31st. First and set, uh, 31st of January, 1st and 2nd of February. So what we're doing at Turning Point Action is we're inviting in all of the grassroots leaders from across the country, uh, whether leaders from uh, organizations that are doing things that are big, and that includes War Room, that includes you know Mike Lindell and Cause of America, and uh, a number of out other outside groups that we work closely with, including Tea Party Patriots Action, who are doing incredible work in Georgia and across the country on election integrity. Uh, we're bringing all of those folks in, in addition to the grassroots leaders from all these different counties, to have a face-to-face -face opportunity to for not only instruction, 
but also for what's going on, where the resources that are available for all of these different county leaders, uh, and then inviting in also the RNC members to say, hey, these are all the things that we should be doing at the RNC, which is strategizing, listening sessions, uh, working together, figuring out what priorities need to exist, what states we need to focus on first. And so all of those things are gonna be happening uh, in on January 29th and 30th, uh, right there, right where the RNC is hosting their event just three days later. Um, and, and so we're really excited about it. I think it's gonna be, be fortuitous for a number of different reasons, but mostly that the grassroots can start believing in the conservative movement again and start identifying those members of the Republican Party who are doing the right things. Because although um, a lot of people are frustrated with Rana or frustrated with the establishment and, and the way that they've taken, the direction they've taken the party, which I think has led to our losses, um, is particularly in Arizona and Nevada and, and Wisconsin and Georgia, we, we have people that we're trying to gather together and hopefully ignite some hope and also network so that we can win. Uh, because unfortunately, if we do not activate the grassroots muscle, there's no way that we have an opportunity to win because this is going to require uh, focusing on all the different ways the left manipulates our elections, particularly in key target states and key target counties across America. And so if we don't focus on those, we can't win. And so that's so what we're going to do. So Turning Point USA has obviously been key in reaching youth voters. Can you compare and contrast that a little bit with the RNC Youth Advisory Council? Because I know that has really come under fire, especially in the past week. It's faced a lot of criticism. Yeah, and, and you know, you kind of saw this, um, this kind of having major problems from the very beginning. So I was actually the co-chair of the grassroots committee when I first came on to the RNC. And so because of, of my role with Turning Point and being in, in, you know knowing so many people in the grassroots, um, Rana, I think, did the right thing and, and made me co-chair of that committee. We produced a report that was almost 40 pages long. Um, we ended up shrinking it down and presenting it to Rana, which highlighted all the problems that we, we saw by going to the grassroots and asking them just directly, like, what do you think about the RNC? What, what do you think the Republican Party needs to do better? And, and she was so offended by it, ultimately she ended up um, ignoring me and then removing me from that, that, that leadership role um, and then doing almost nothing. And so I had, had some very front row experience with the way that um, committees are conducted at the RNC. And so when I first heard the inklings of a youth committee, you know, I had actually gone up in front of all of the 168 that serve on the RNC. And I said, hey, I heard about this RNC Youth Advisory Committee you're thinking about putting together. I'm just super con confused because, you know, I, I've run a youth organization with Charlie for the last eight years. And you, you guys haven't even approached us about who to put on the committee, what the committee does, you know, what functions we think about the committee. And in front of everyone, I mean, she just outrightly lied and said, oh, well, still be informed. Of course, you know, we're going to put you, you know, we're going to involve you. We'll ask you questions. Um, and this is after having spent all that time on the grassroots committee where I knew nothing happened. And so um, it was suspect to begin with. And once they started putting people on, I started realizing, oh, this isn't an advisory committee. This is a, a marketing committee to help cover for the chair every time that people have concerns about what's going on with the RNC and the Republican Party in general. And, and more so, what I've realized is that the RNC uses these different committees simply to fundraise with large donors and say, oh, so when a donor has a question about the grassroots or a donor has a question about youth issues or whatever, they can say, oh, no, we've got an advisory committee. And then they, they collect the check and they do relatively little. And that's that's concerning. That's that's upsetting because you know, these committees are not intended to just be fundraising tools. These committees, whenever, I, I'm not a big fan of committees to begin with. I think that it's much better to, uh, to just dive in with the grassroots as they're already constructed, identify leaders and help put like, you know, lighter fluid or gasoline on, on, those, on those guys to make them big bonfires and, and give them extra oomph. That's what we've always done at Turning Point and it's worked really, really well. Uh, but, you know, we've been working in the trenches with the youth vote for, for now years, more than anyone. And 
our organization, Turning Point Action, you, I mean, you just saw the consequence of it. We had over 8,000 people under the age of 40 all in one place. And it is so disheartening to see that not one of the Republican national uh, organizations, and I, and I call this the, the national apparatus of the Republican Party, the RNC, the NRSC, the NRCC, you know, Mitch McConnell's PAC and all the you know, McCarthy's PAC, all these guys, none of them were present. That not a single one of these organizations bothered to throw up a table or to send staff or to do anything. And so that that's your answer of how interested the national apparatus is in actually winning the youth vote is wherever the youth are, wherever the leaders are, if they're not going to those people, they have no interest. And, and this is a this is a systemic problem that's existed within the Republican Party for a long time, not just with young people, but with Hispanics and with the black community and and with any other community that we're, we look at. It's just a lot of just like, you know, who's he, what's he's and pretending like you're doing things in order to raise money, but not actually getting the job done. That just proves that it's really the donor class versus um, the people, you know, they don't show up to these events and they don't hear any of our voices, which is so critical to our movement. Um, but, you know, Tyler, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Grace, you know, but donors are waking up because donors are showing up to events like we, we just helped. There was over 500 donors that were that were massive donors that are showing up and many of them for the first time because now you know, America Fest has now become even bigger than other organizations like CPAC and things like that. So it's just it's just naturally bringing people in that don't normally attend, and they and they're going, oh my gosh, I had no idea any of this was going on. No one had ever told me that you know the grassroots was this organized, and that there's all these organizations that exist, and they're meeting all these people for the first time, and and you know that's that's part of the problem that's existed between you know, kind of the old Bush establishment and, you know, then the Koch establishment, which I call them, which is, you know, they've kind of protected donors. They've int intentionally kept donors from seeing the work that the grassroots does. And and that's and that's part of the reason why I believe that, you know, we had so many struggles leading up into 2020. It was because you had all of these grassroots organizations just kind of just prevented from going out and, and really aiding in the ways that we needed to in states that we needed them. And even today, like you can see, I, I mean, I can tell you here in Arizona, you'll see stories. I mean, the RNC is, is not, not financially well. And so is it any surprise that any of these state parties that don't have historical historic precedents, you know, Arizona hasn't been Ohio for the last 40 years. You know, you can't expect that money is just gonna come here, especially if you don't have, you know, the help of the Republican national apparatus coming in and helping you. And yeah. so yeah. this is the grassroots is trying to make exactly. up for that. And donors exactly. are waking up. We're short on time. So I do want to ask you, um, give us your socials and where they can support Turning Point and Turning Point Action. Yeah, you can follow TP Action, or Turning Point Action at TP Action underscore on Twitter or X um, and most other places just at TP action or at turning point action. Uh, we would love for you to go to turning point uh, tpaction.com um, and you can follow along or tpaction.com slash get involved and, and we will. All right, I think we lost him there, but um, Mo, I know you have some information on one of the great war room sponsors, Birch Gold. How can the posse protect themselves through precious metals? You can go to Birch Gold. Sorry, that was my bad. Um, I know I can hear my dad saying <laughs> what happened there. Um, you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the fourth installment of the End of the Dollar Empire. And you can also, when getting that, go to warpath.coffee um, and get a nice bag of the Mariner's Blend. You know, I'm not a dark roast person, but the 
Warpath Coffee Mariner's Blend is beyond the greatest dark roast. I highly recommend it. So if you want to be jacked up like us in the war room, get yourself some Warpath Coffee and then go to Birch Gold and get the fourth installment of the End of the Dollar Empire for a nice read. Awesome. I believe we have Caroline Wren. Can we get Caroline Wren up? Hey, Caroline. Hey, Hi, Caroline. ladies. One of our, at least my favorite guests on War Room and just an awesome power person and powerhouse and always gives us inside baseball and scoop of what's going on, especially with the RNC and all the campaigns. So um, welcome. Thank Caroline, you. This is fun group. So I want you to add on to what Tyler was saying. Talk to me about this RNC Youth Advisory Council and where are they missing the mark? How is it that the largest youth conservative organization is not being included in on the RNC? Well, I think Rana is a very vindictive person and so she has a lot of anger towards Tyler Boyer. And I think it has to do with the fact that Tyler has been whistleblowing and yelling about problems going on in the RNC for two years now. And I don't think that she likes that. And so she, um, they've had a, a bunch of issues with Turning Point USA, which is insane because they should be collaborating. Turning Point is doing so much great work. They have a huge budget and they are doing a tremendous job to not only you know, excite and ignite the youth vote, but actually put that work to, to action. And Turning Point is so large, though, they've, they've expanded past just the youth vote. What they're doing in Turning Point Faith is also one of the most critical things out there right now. But the problem is I think Rana is on such an island right now. I, I don't really know of her working with or reaching out to any other groups. And so Caroline, the question becomes- I wanna keep this going after the break. We have a short break. We will be right back. We have some awesome guests, Brayden Sorbo, Libby Emmons coming up. Stay tuned for the second part of the War Room Ladies Night. <laughs> As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. We are joined by our guest, Caroline Wren. Caroline, I would like you to pick up where you left off talking about this RNC Youth Advisory Council. What are they really doing to reach young voters? Well, not much, which is kind of at this point a tradition with the RNC. Um, they always tout the different community centers that they open, but it'll be centers that they open a couple months before the election then close right back down afterwards. That's no way to actually immerse yourself in different communities. So the Youth Advisory Council, I think there's been a, some friction and a split there, but a lot of it has to do with the lack of leadership, right? Like when you have these things happen, they have no leadership over at the RNC. They have nothing to look up to. So, you know, luckily there is turning point. And then the conference at turning point is going to do ahead of the RNC winter meeting, I think is going to be very, very interesting and a very smart idea because we cannot sit around and wait for the family 
eight of Trump and other Republicans to be left to the RNC. We have to begin to strategize around them. And so I think that's what Tyler Boyer is doing by organizing this conference. That I know that uh, I was on with Steve a couple of days ago, and Steve said, oh, the war room's going to be there. So everyone should be there. It's tpaction.com backslash RNC. And that is going to be a huge meeting that uh, we, we want to see a lot of familiar faces at. So there was a type of resignation letter um, from several state representatives regarding this RNC Youth Council. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was about? Yeah, there was frustration that they said they had with inaction from the top of the party, and they felt like they weren't really getting any direction from the RNC, and that they re they were really saying that we, we're going to resign until Ron McDaniel resigns, and we're going to step down. And I do think it like it's amazing to me that the bravest and boldest among us are these youth advisory members willing to do that, because at this point, I really think the only way for Rana to to leave the post would be to step down by her own decision. And I do think that they're that she should do that. I think this has become untenable. I think there's so much frustration with the, the lack of leadership and there's no more time left to kind of wait and, and, and self-correct. And so I think the best thing for the party would be for her to step down. I think those youth advisory members recognize that and that's what they said in their letter. That's what they Something that I heard throughout the entire event was that um, Turning Point was doing exactly what the RNC should be doing. Just, I mean, I heard it from everyone, you know, all the breakout sessions, all like the speaker sessions, every, and it's all age. And so it's really sad that the RNC is not coming in um, as they should be, but thank God that we have Turning Point, TPUSA to do these type of events and to really do the outreach. Agreed. Big time. Hey, Ronna was invited. Tyler extends her an invitation every time and she declines to come. And so, you know, we I don't know how many more olive branches that he can put out or others in the grassroots can put out, but she should be there at these things, right? And like, we're not just gonna yell and boo at her. I would love to hear what plan she has, the direction of the RNC. She should be communicating that to, you know, the group of 10,000 patriots that are at these conferences. She is invited and she chooses not to come. Do you think that Turning Point should have some type of takeover of the RNC? Because that was something that a lot of people proposed to me when I was talking to posse members. Well, there's uh, some technicalities that have to do with the RNC that we have to recognize. The RNC is a federal committee. And so what happens with that is there's certain money that can go to the RNC that can then form what is called a joint fundraising agreement, a JFA, with the presidential nominee and the Republican ticket, which will become Trump victory, which I think they should go ahead and form it now, but they're choosing to wait until the convention when he's the official nominee. And you cannot do that with, say, a Turning Point USA that's structured as both a 501c3 and 501c4. So the filings that the RNC has make it so that we it is imperative that we take over that entity and we cannot just turn all of this over to outside groups because the Trump campaign cannot form a JFA with say a super PAC or you know a turning point type of entity and then from that you can also link in this JFA each of the state parties so when I was the finance uh, the national finance consultant for Trump victory we would raise into an entity called Trump victory in the first uh, I think it was 5,600 went to the Trump campaign. The next 35,000 went to the RNC. Then the next $100,700 went to something called the RNC Legal Fund, which was supposed to actually go fight uh, all the legal battles on behalf of President Trump. This is where I had my big falling out with the RNC was because I felt like they didn't use that money for that. And then once you spill over those buckets, it actually links to all 50 Republican state parties. You're not able to form that JFA with other entities that are 501c4s or super PACs. So it really ties our hands together. Like we cannot just give up on the RNC. Also, I get the, the need to like and feel to want to boycott funding them, but you are actually boycotting funding Donald Trump when you do that. That's why there is so much frustration with me and why I still want to figure out any way to salvage or solve it because this ultimately, the person we are hurting by boycotting funding the RNC and not participating with them is Donald Trump ultimately. But you know, I, I, I don't in good faith have any uh, desire that if I give my money to the RNC right now, it will be spent well, but it doesn't mean it's not a problem we shouldn't still be working to fix. Yeah, yeah, big time. Caroline, you're such a fighter. Where can the posse go and follow you and get the latest RNC fight updates? Sure, it's at Caroline Wren on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Truth Social. And awesome. I just want to make it clear, it's at Caroline Wren. I know this weekend we got, um, we both got called each other's names. So, <laughs> I, so many of you walked up to me like, your dad is so great. Keep fighting. I'm like, my dad lives in Texas. He's not even political. <laughs> and I realized that everyone just thinks that we're twins, which I'm like, I love Mom, it. Are you kidding me? War yes. room sisters. <laughs> well, thank you People so much. People keep giving me gifts. 
random. You get a lot of gifts. Right? Please give this to your dad. I'm like, I am. I'm like, I'm pocketing it, actually. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, we know that the RNC is missing the mark, but Grace, you have a solution to get around that. Tell us about Bill Blaster and how the posse can get on that. Yes. So I wanted to give a big update. We will have the Android version and also it's going to be compatible to the older iPhone versions, which is what a lot of the Posse members asked about. And it will be available right before Congress comes back from their three-week vacation. Uh, it's in beta testing right now. So it's going to be just, we've added so much more features, which is why it took a, a bit longer. So I appreciate everyone's um, patience while we got this all together. But we'll make a big announcement once the Android version is ready. And also people uh, who, iPhone users who currently have it, make sure to um, update it so that you get the, the brand new one. And it's just calling Congress virtually with one touch. And it's, it's to leverage and to really use our human agency. And to, you know, we've got so many big fights ahead. So it's a tool that was made for the posse in order to save our country. And you can go to billblasterapp.org or warroom.org to download the iPhone version right now. And Grace, I heard that on the town hall last night, there was a shout out from one of the guests on stage about Bill Blaster. So, and I've also heard from many other people in Congress that this app is working that the posse is using it to get a hold of their representatives and let their voices be heard so it is a very amazing app but that shout out was very awesome last night yes one of my favorite congressmen right now um representative eli crane and it meant so much so definitely download it and thank you so much for everyone's support it was made for the posse Okay, so our next guest, some of you might have seen at AmFest. He is a Iraq veteran and a Purple Heart recipient. We have Shane Crutchen on. Hey guys, Hi, how Shane. are you? So, how what what was your opinion on how AmFest went this weekend? So I think AmFest overall was a great idea. Uh, yeah, you know, watching Charlie Kirk and his team grow it is. It keeps growing exponentially. It's up to, I think, over 13,000 people now. Um, I think there's stuff that still can be improved, but just seeing the growth and the, the uh, route it's going is really over the top. So I know a lot of the posse, they might have seen you there this weekend. They might have seen you on the War Room set, but can you give a little bit of um, background of your story? Yeah, so Iraq war veteran, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just a good old boy from Wisconsin that you know made something of themselves. I have, uh, I've worked, uh, I did, I did uh, campaign videos for President Trump in 2016, 2020. Um, I've worked for a couple congressmen. I'm uh, trying to uh, go for something again in California uh, in 2024. So we'll see if that works out. And I know we discussed this, but I believe there was only one veteran on the stage that spoke at AmFest uh, over the, the three days of speakers. Um, why do you think that Turning Point doesn't hit with veterans? Why they don't have more veterans speaking on stage and how can they get more veterans involved into the movement? So I think one of the best things that they could do as uh, you know, as a team with Turning Point is getting veterans involved. Veterans are students as well. I know Turning Point started as a veteran, as a, uh, as a student organization, but veterans are within the student ranks. Uh, when I've spoken at numerous colleges for Turning Point, there are so many veterans that are there in the classes that are there that are very interested in politics. I believe that veterans have a voice that needs to be heard and uh, a, a platform i think charlie could charlie and his team could implement veterans just a little better uh making it you know people see that freedom isn't free and it just gives more attraction uh to the to the cause because these veterans are strong-minded strong-willed and do carry a very strong message and a presence 
within the uh, congressional, I mean, within the conservative movement to where Charlie could really lean on them a lot stronger. I think that you and I both have many great ideas on how that, that could happen. I know we're short on time, so we could go into many different conversations about veterans issues, but what are your social media uh, coordinates? <laughs> yeah. So uh, war underscore Rhino um, can get a hold of me on pretty much everything, as well as Shane Crutchin on uh, Facebook. But uh, I'm very active on uh, Instagram, war underscore Rhino. Thank you for coming on, and we'll have to have you back on to talk about more veterans' issues. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Grace, you know, I love the merch at the conference. We've got the number two pencils. So many posse members were just decked out. Tell us about that. How can they get discounts, and how can they get to it? So go to shopwarroom.com and use AMFest25 for 25% off. It's valid through Saturday. And we had so many posse members wearing the hoodies, the sweatshirts. It was just so many people supported just our merch. And um, yeah, we will have Oh, an update is we will have coffee mugs available probably in about a week or two. So make sure to check the website as well as uh, number two pencils. We'll have that ready. And if need be, we'll have to write in President Trump, you know, on the ballot. So you'll have to get your uh, number two pencils and we will have a bunch more new merch in the new year. So shopwarroom.com and use Amfest 25 for 25% off. Yeah, I mean, fantastic Christmas gifts. I'm sure everybody wants a number two pencil in their stocking and some war room hoodies under the, under the Christmas tree. And of course you need the war room mug to drink your Warpath coffee. So I want to bring in our next guest. Do we have Braden Sorbo up? Awesome. Braden, come on in. Welcome to the war room. You know, your mom, Sam, was speaking so highly of you the other day at the conference. And knowing you personally, I have to say it's all true. Braden's awesome. He's a fierce young conservative. So I want to get your assessment on America Fest. You're a TPUSA ambassador. So what's that like going to the conference as an ambassador? Well, Turning Point takes great care of us. They are phenomenal at you know what they do, which is bringing youth together to organize, rally, and and get behind the singular movement of you know conservatism and Christianity, which not a lot of other companies can really say that they do, or not a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations can say that they do at least to the level of turning point. So I'm blessed with the opportunities to to get to go. And I did, you know, a ton of interviews. Unfortunately, I missed being able to get to y'all at the event. I'm so glad that we're able to connect here this way. But, you know, I, I got to see you and a lot of other friends, and it was it was a blast. Your mom, Sam, talked about her experience homeschooling you. And I mean, listen, there's a lot of stereotypes. There's a lot of backlash. You know, Mo and I attended the Moms for Liberty event over the summer where there's a ton of homeschooling parents who are dealing with, you know, media and even as far as FBI raids for just, you know, choosing to teach their children how they feel best fit. And you're, of course, the product of that. So speak about your experience. Do you think that homeschooling was the best option for you? And what has it allowed you to do as a result? Well, Frankly, the lies about homeschooling, as everyone knows, are untrue. You know, on good behavior, I could get out of the basement maybe twice a week and get to see some sunlight. So it was a blast for me. But in all seriousness, you know, I really was the guinea pig for my parents when it came to homeschooling. And frankly, I would have to say I turned out all right. You know, I wrote a book, which ironically, Mike Lindell was one of the endorsers of. And I'm going to self-plug. If people want to get it at sorbostudios.com, they can. But I really you know, don't see any any reason not to homeschool, especially now. I mean, the number of homeschoolers in the past three years has more than doubled. I believe we have over 5 million families across the United States that are home educating their children. And it's phenomenal kind of to see the, the, the growth in that community because it really is a, a group that is expanding rapidly over the past couple of years. And it's great to see. Definitely. Brayden, where can the posse go follow you and get the book? So they can go to Brayden Sorbo, my Instagram. And if they want to get the book or one of my shirts, as they can see the Futures Patriarchy is kind of 
funny being outnumbered on, <laughs> but sorbostudios.com and they can go get any and everything. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brayden. Thank you. You know, not only is he a, a book author, but he's also a fantastic line dancer. And I'm very excited to be attending Nashville line dance with him um, next month. But I want to bring in our next guest. We have Libby Emmons, the editor of the Post Millennial. You know, Libby was all over the place um, covering Media Row, seeing what's going on. And I feel like the media representation of Turning Point, you know, it's often so negative. They're saying, you know, oh, they have these nefarious figures, the Steve Bannons, the Jack Posobics. And it's kind of crazy because sometimes they're not even there. You know, they're just writing these hit pieces from afar and they're not actually there in the first person to experience what's going on. But from my perspective, every conversation that I have, everyone that I got to meet was absolutely lovely. They're so well-informed, they're so motivated especially this next generation. You know, I know that I only just sort of exited the teenage years and exited the high school era, but it's so inspiring to see, you know, these young kids, you know, keep fighting, especially when they're up against such propaganda and, you know, they're just, you know, in the media firestorm. So good on them. Um, let's bring in Libby Emmons. Hey Mo, how's it going? Glad to see you guys. Hi Libby. Hi, Libby. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, so Thank I you. wanted to ask you, you were covering Media Row with the Post-Millennial and Human Events. What was the coverage like and what was your experience at America Fest? You know, I actually thought it was a great conference. I've been the past couple of years. This year we had a big crew out from the Post-Millennial, which was great because so many of us just work remotely and it was really exciting to meet some of the staffers that I only know on Skype, essentially, so that was very cool. But it wasn't just uh, post-millennial and human events staffers that I met that I hadn't known really before, but so many people that you only really experience online on you know, X or other social media or what have you. Um, and I think that that was true for a lot of people because this is this conservative movement is, um, you know, there's a lot of young people in it and it's spread all across the country. So being able to get that face time with people that you share views with gives a lot of courage. It gives people the opportunity to go back to their hometowns, go back to, you know, the places they live and know that they are bolstered, um, not just by, you know, online or media or whatever, what have you, but by new friends and new people that they've met. Libby, we're a little short on time, so I want to get your socials. Where can the people find you? I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter, and you can check out what we're doing at the Postmillennial and HumanEvents.com. Thank you so much, Libby. I want to wrap up by sending it over to Max Evans, where you can hear the Steve Bannon mic drop. But first, you can find me at Jane Zirkle on Twitter, Instagram, Getter. Mo, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and get her at Maureen underscore Bannon. And I'm also coming in hot on Instagram at Real Maureen Bannon. Grace, how about you? You can find me on Twitter, formerly known as X, at GC22GC on Getter and Truth at Grace Chong. All righty. The and great Max Evans, take us out. And make sure to... We're at war! You understand everything that's on your shoulders? Do you? They are afraid of Christians that are populist nationalists. You are the greatest threat to the system there's ever been. This is why they fear Trump. Here's how worried they are about you. You got this guy here to Robert Kagan. It really did take someone like Trump that could be a real threat to our democracy. Now, what can we do about it? Well, as I say, we've already not done the things that we all agreed needed to be done. Those things have not been done. Kagan writes a piece in the Jeff Bezos Amazon Washington Post. It basically makes the intellectual and moral case for the assassination of Donald Trump. That Trump Caesar. And Trump's got a bunch of followers like Caesar had. And then Brutus and other rational, reasonable men have got to sit there and take action. It is an outright justification, intellectually and morally, for the assassination of Donald J. Trump. 
Are you going to stand for that? If you wrote a essay like that and printed it off on Biden, they would come down and kick down your door in a New York second and drag you out in chains. You back there in the media, here's what we want. We want immediately the Secret Service to have a full investigation of Robert Kagan. I want to see every email everybody talked to. I want to see when Bezos approved it in the editors of the Washington Post. Washington Post, you are dangerous vermin. If anything happens to Trump or there's any move on Trump, you people will pay. But they're not going to do that. We're calling their bluff. You try it, we dare you to try it. We dare you to try it. Those sons of bitches trying to destroy him every day, and he's still winning. He's still winning. We either win and save this republic with him as our leader, or you tell me what's after that. This is why you're now Christian nationalists. They're going to try to get you out of all your jobs. This is why they fear you. This is why they fear Trump, because of you. Trump can't do it alone. His shoulders are big, but they're not that big. He's a strong man, but he's not that strong. He can't carry an entire republic, an entire movement, and turn this thing around. Only you can. Are you with him? You know your task and purpose. Can we be defeated? Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.